Hey everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church. And what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. All right, well, the last few weeks we've been having these conversations around... um, Well, one of the weekends was about hell, Um, and then we talked about love, and we talked about a lot about how the talks went along with our mission here at Restore, to know Jesus and know our neighbors. And uh, so then Jesus, or Jesus, (laughs) close, Gene talked to us about, (laughs) (laughs) Woo! I mean, we have been married for 34 years as of yesterday, but he is still not Jesus to me, but... (laughs) Maybe next best. Anyhow, okay, reel it back in. Knowing Jesus, knowing our neighbor. And uh, Jean talked to us about love and what it looks like to love each other. Last week, Jordan talked to us about knowing God. And not just this knowing about God, but this knowing God in a, I want to spend time with you sort of knowing. You know, when Jesus answered, uh, when he was asked, what is the greatest commandment? When he said, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, I think he was onto something. I think he knew that when we actually took steps to love our neighbor, what that would do to us. God doesn't ask us to do anything for him. But it's always this thing of when we can give of ourselves and lay down our lives, what it does inside of us. This idea about knowing versus knowing about. So this difference in when we say we know about something or we know about God, it's information, right? We know these things here. But when we talk about knowing God and we take the about out, it's about relationship. And it's about what happens um, when we are in relationship beyond just the information. Jean and Jordan also both gave invitations for anyone in the space to invite Jesus into their lives for the first time, to surrender, to um, let God kind of take over. And so today we're building on that, and we're gonna we're gonna spend time with Peter and. So we'll turn to, to the words that he has, and we'll start in 2 Peter, 1, 2 Peter 1. And my Bible has, I've got the, what's called the parallel Bible. It has the NIV and it has a message. So I'm gonna be using both of those translations today. And we're gonna start with 2 Peter 1 in the message translation. You can follow along or it'll also be on the screen behind me. Simon Peter here is talking to Um, anybody that's had the experience of God as a life-changing experience. And he says, everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God, the best invitation we ever received. Jump down to verse five. So don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given, complementing your basic faith with good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, 
warm friendliness, and generous love, each dimension fitting into and developing the others. With these qualities active and growing in your lives, no grass will grow under your feet. No day will pass without its reward as you mature in your experience of our master Jesus. Without these qualities, you can't see what's right before you, oblivious that your old sinful life has been wiped off the books. So friends, confirm God's invitation to you, his choice of you. Don't put it off, do it now. Do this and you'll have your life on a firm footing. And I'll just note here that this life of a firm footing is possibly like having your feet planted on a surfboard in the biggest waves you can imagine. It's not always gonna be easy. There will be rough places, but if you've got your feet firmly planted, that's what we're looking at. So God's saying, please, RSVP. Please, RSVP. The first part of this talks about um, a little bit about what we talked about last week, is this getting to know him personally and intimately, spending time with him in order to do that, whether it's in the word, whether it's in prayer time, what that, whatever that looks like. And he says, don't lose a minute, right? Like there's some urgency in that. Let's not delay. Let's RSVP. On RSVP, anybody, I, I really suck at it. Let's be real. Um, I have the best intentions. And these days, I might get one via email. It might be a text. It might actually still come in the mail. Um, and I can look at it. And my motto is kind of, why do today what I can put off till tomorrow? So it goes on a stack. I have the best intentions of getting back to it, but I don't always. So I wonder how many of you, you get the invitation, you respond right away. Anybody? Oh, I wanna be like you. I'm guessing the rest of you kind of fall in my pot of like, I'll do it later. Anybody? Yeah, I'm not gonna ask you if you never do it. We're not gonna go there. but. It's not even that hard to do, right? I mean, invitations these days are pretty snazzy. There's usually, especially the digital ones, there's links. Like, all you have to do is push a link, and it'll take you right where you need to go. Recently got an invitation that has a QR code on it. I mean, how much easier can it be? And yet, I don't do it. So, embarrassing moment. Nick and Maddie got married last weekend. Whoop, whoop, newly married in the house. Theirs was one of those with that fancy QR code on. And I think it was the week before or two weeks before, Nick, after rehearsal, says, so are you guys coming? And I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, I have it in my calendar but I had never RSVP'd. So it was just a little embarrassing. Like, who does that? I did it. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, yeah. Um, and here's the thing, guys. I have been on the other end of it 
We've had two weddings. Our kids have gotten married. I know how important that is. I know how annoying it is when I don't know if you're coming or not. And I know how, how important it is because I know that I need to plan. And I know that I, if I don't have a number, I don't know how many tables and chairs I need, how much food I need. It might even determine the venue. Um, you can get married in here with 50 people, but not 400, right? Makes a really, really big difference. And so I understand the value and how, how much value and honor and respect and love I can show with that simple, practical way to love my neighbor, to love my friends, my family. And, you know, unlike some brides or people who, who are planning a party, whether it's a, a baby shower or a birthday party or a wedding, sometimes there's, um, there's obligation and kindness. You know, when Uncle Billy is really kind of the odd duck, but we have to invite him because he's family and he might not show up or we might invite somebody just to be kind knowing they won't show up. Unlike that kind of a scenario, Jesus is really, really serious about his invitation to us. He wants you at the party. He died for you to be at his party, to show up, and he's waiting for you to say yes. You are his choice. It's like he's saying, it's all paid for. The food's all taken care of. Just come, just come. Say yes, don't put it off, don't delay. Confirm his invitation to you. Now some of you in this space, or maybe some of you following online, if not, maybe totally committed to that yes button yet. But I'm guessing you haven't said no yet if you're listening, so we're okay here. Many of you in this space have said yes a long time ago. And this morning, what we wanna talk about is what have you done with the yes? Because I believe that with a yes, there's an action. When we, when we say yes to a party invitation, we actually have to show up. And typically, take a gift. When you get to be as old as Jean and I, you can come to our birthday parties and you don't have to bring anything because we have too much stuff. But most of the time, there is this gift that you're taking. And, and side note there is often when I neglect the RSVP, I neglect the gift. And Amazon is really slow these days. So I might be in a pickle. Because here's another thing. I don't really like giving cash or gift cards. It feels really impersonal. But like for Nick and Maddie, they have this, they're doing this delayed honeymoon that works better in Maddie's school schedule. And they have a honeymoon fund. I'm like, cool. I can give cash to that. That feels great, right? Because it is about me and what I want to do. Because <laughs> um, I don't like giving spoons and towels and jazz either. But, you know, is it about me? Is it about what I want to give? Is it about what I um, feel like doing? Or is it about what the other person needs, and I can just be okay with that. I'm working on it. Again, let's turn to the words of Peter and see what he has to say about gifts. 
So one page over, 1 Peter 4, starting in verse eight. Peter says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Listen to this. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do so as speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. There's not an if you have a gifts, it is we each have received gifts. And he just mentions two here. Um, Romans 12 is a great place to go. If you wanna jot that down and spend some time in there a little bit later. But the ones he refers to here are speaking, which refers to preaching and teaching, prophesying. He also refers to serving, which is helping, whether that's physical needs, whether that's financial. Um, and again, there's a lot more listed in Roman 12. But the key here is like, you're using your gift for the good of the other so that God is glorified, so that God is seen. It's not so that we're seen, it's so that God is seen through us as we do this act of laying down our lives for the good of the other. I have uh, written in the side of my Bible here, and I don't know when I wrote it, but it says, get up off of your blessed assurance. Get up off of your blessed assurance. We need to act. We need to move. So how do we do this practically? Like, what does that even mean for me today? How does God need me to show up? to move, to do, kind of like the promo video, what's your next move? And I know that some of you may bristle a little bit with this whole idea of doing, because it sounds a lot like works. But I'm telling you, this is not the religious sort of doing things for God's approval or doing things to win God's love. This is a doing out of God's love out of what he has done in and through us. You know, we talk a lot about how to function outside of these four walls in your Monday through Saturday, and we talk to you about like um, loving well, loving unconditionally, without judgment, to show up in your work, in your families, in your communities, but we don't talk a lot about how doing it, how to do it right here, within these four walls, here with church family. And I wonder, can we practice here on our Sunday mornings together? Should we do it here? I kind of think we should. Um, Hebrews 10, 24, and you'll just have to listen to me on this one. It says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up the meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. So I think that means yes. I think that when we meet together here, we can spur one another on. We can encourage each other. And Restore is such a meeting place. This, this gathering is this family of sorts where we can practice our gifts, where we can and where we should be serving each other, showing up for each other, where everyone has a role, a responsibility, chores, so to speak, 
And we ultimately encourage each other. Now, I don't know about you guys, but in our family, when the kids were young and at home, they didn't have a choice. It was like, this is the stuff, this is the list of things that has to be done in this household to make it run, and mom and dad aren't doing it all. So this is your role, this is your responsibility, and we, are, we were charged in raising responsible adults, which I think, kind of think we did a good job. They're pretty good kids. And I think that what we discovered is that when the kids actually did the things, it wasn't so bad. It was more the idea of it. And I know we're all busy. Bringing this back to church, I know we're all busy and we all like to take a break on Sunday mornings. I, I do, I get it, I get it, I get it. But it does take all of us to make it run smoothly. So what I'm saying is we need you all to join in. We'd love for you to all join in on the things that need to be done. And again, this is not for anyone. This is not for Jean. You are not helping Jean. You are not helping Juanita or Brax. You're serving each other. And in doing so, serving the Lord. Colossians 3, 23 Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for man. And again, guys, Jesus' life was about modeling this thing of laying down our lives for each other for the good of the other. And I think when we can do it within these walls, we can also be a great model to our kids. If we can create this culture of serving each other, laying down our lives for each other, um, that we value, honor, and love each other. See, I think we kind of do a disservice when we don't say, we need you, we need you to serve, to invest in each other, to bring your gifts and talents. You know, the saying, many hands make light work is, is really so true. But the bonus is, it's a great way to connect. It's a great way to know others and be known. Again, not this idea of knowing about it's beyond the information to relationship and connectedness. We had dinner um, with CJ and Jordan on Friday night. Knew a little bit about them before then, but after Friday night, I feel like I kind of know them because they shared their story. We got to learn a lot about them. CJ asked me this morning if you talked my ear off, and I'm like, nope, I got them both. Got them both. It's all good. But that's how we do. That's how we do. So this morning, I wonder, what is the gift that you bring to this expression of faith? The gift that serves others and ultimately glorifies God. And I wonder, do you know you have a gift? Again, in the words of Peter, it's not a, it's not a question about whether or not you have gifts. It's what are they, what are you doing with them? Do you know that you have value and impact and influence? You are his choice. He is so, so fond of you and he wants to use you. So again, it's not this thing where he needs us to do things for him. He knows what happens in us when we serve each other, when we love each other well. 
So if you've RSVP'd, what is your next step? What is the action step? Because again, I believe there's always an action when we say yes. So maybe your next step is uh, a word of encouragement. That's a gift. You've received them, you know what a gift that is. Maybe you speak um, a word of encouragement over one of the, the worship band who's done an amazing job this weekend again. Um, maybe you thank your kid's teacher when, and you probably thank them a lot, but what's, what's a word of encouragement that you could give them? We have a lot of business owners in this space. So business owner to business owner, how can you encourage each other in that? Or maybe to a parent that you know is in the thick of raising kids and how strong it is or how hard it is. Maybe today your next step is to just say a kind word or a blessing to someone. And you know what? It can be to a complete stranger. Do you know that? I think we do it really well out there. Because I think that we have made a, right, we've made a point of like seeing people, showing value, all of that. So let's practice that in here as well. And you can do it to, yeah, literally anyone. My daughter-in-law is, is the best at this. Um, when she still worked at the salon before she had babies, she would have a kind word, like her guests would come in and they were barely in the door and she had a kind word. I remember just being baffled, like, hey, how can you think that fast? And like, how is your brain wired? Because that's not what came first to me. So it's just this really beautiful example of you can find something good to say about anyone. Maybe your next action step is to give someone a hug. Now we are, you need to know your recipient. This is not complete strangers. But you know as well as I do that sometimes a hug, a good old bear hug, doesn't need any words. It says everything that needs to be said. Maybe your next step is to help someone with a physical need. Maybe you know of somebody that's moving. Maybe you know of somebody that um, needs babysitting. Uh, kids, you can help each other study. Uh, listen well, right? Listen well for needs so that you can step in and help with a physical need. Invite someone to dinner. You know, we do dinner parties around here, and a little bit of a spoiler alert, one of the reasons we do it is so you know how easy it is. It's not that hard to invite people out to eat. Some of you will be great with, like, come into my house, like, I'll fix you a meal, and the rest of you are like, mm-mm, not happening, so I'm not going to invite people. Go out to eat. Go out to eat. Sit around the table together and get to know each other. Maybe your next step is to talk to Jordan at the info bar after church today. Um, we also made this super easy with QR codes. You can also scan the QR code in front of you. He'll be able to help you know places that you might be able to jump in and help. You are his choice. He wants you to really get this concept of laying down your life. Can you stand with me as a band comes up? He has gifted you. He has gifted you to do good work. And again, I'll remind you, he has gifted you to do good work so that people will see Jesus.
so that people will step into relationship with God. It's not about us being seen through this. It's about Jesus being seen and known. And I'll just say, don't underestimate your presence here. Someone may need to see your smile to hear your kind word. So let's not neglect this gathering. Let's, um, let's be living sacrifices, laying down our lives. Laying down ourself is actually an act of worship. Romans 12.1 says, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. As we close, I want to read that um, very passage. I, I rewrote it as a prayer, and I would just like to um, invite you to join me in these words as we pray. In light of your motions of tenderness and kind purposes, I dedicate my living body and physical energies to actions of good works, giving alms, speaking blessing, and listening. As a sacrifice that lives, I offer my undivided, complete, and entire faculties to you, the vigor of my mind, talents, and time, not forced or contrived, but guided by you. This is a sincere devotion of my inmost self and energies, the best affections of my heart. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.